Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this time to fellowship with each other, to learn more about you, Lord, and to grow in our walks and our relationship with you. God, we thank you for our partners and our listeners. We thank you that you're blessing their homes and their businesses and their um, vehicles, Lord, anything that is pertaining to them, Lord, that you, you're keeping it and preserving it, Lord, and that you're causing them to excel. And we just thank you for the beautiful weather that we've been experiencing. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion of the Word and our study in the book of Acts. And this morning, we are shifting over to Acts chapter 18. So could I get a volunteer to read uh, verses 1 through 17, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks, when Silas and Timothy had departed from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in the city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. When Gallo was um, proconsul of Achaia, of Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio sorry, said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes of Jews, there would be reason why I should bear with you. But if it is a question of words and names of your own law, look to it yourselves, for I do not want to be a judge of such matter. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. But Gallo took no notice of these things. Amen. It's Sosthenes and Gallio. Oh, sorry. It's all right. Just so we're all on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
So at this time, we're going to open the floor to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. Just something that uh, the Lord had brought to my attention in verse 5. I mean, many times when I've read this section of Scripture, I thought that, you know, the Holy Spirit was forcing Paul to to preach in the synagogue because it uses the word compel there. And what the Lord had shown me was that he wasn't, the Holy Spirit wasn't forcing Paul to go and preach in the synagogue. He was giving Paul the option of operating in line with the will of God and going to preach in the synagogue or or not. Uh, we see that Paul obviously chooses to do so, and he continues for a year and six months in that place before the Lord transitions him. And it was just interesting because the Lord had, the Lord was reminding me that when he comes to me or anybody, we should not see it as, oh God, you're forcing me to do this, but take it as the opportunity to be a, um, it's an opportunity for you to willingly say yes to the Lord and go with him. He, mommy and daddy always tell us that God is a gentleman. He doesn't, you know, bust down the door like the Kool-Aid man going, oh yeah, when, as he enters your living room, he stands at the doors and knocks. And if anyone will open to him, he'll come in and sup with him and, you know, dwell among him is what the scriptures tell us. So when we see and God comes to us, we need to be sure that we're not going old misinterpreting and misrepresenting what the Lord is trying to do in our lives. He's not trying to steal anything from you. He's trying to give you things, but he can't give it to you if you're not willing to receive and walk with him and cooperate. We know that the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come that we should have life and have it more abundantly. Mm -hmm. Amen, he does. Um, When the Holy Spirit ministers to us, one of, I mean, well, one of his jobs is to make sure that we are walking in the will of God, especially when we've purposed in our heart to do so. So the way he ministers to us at times is to help um, let us know uh, when our senses aren't necessarily paying attention. He'll call something to um, press in our heart, if you will, and be something that is um, at the forefront of our focus so that we understand it's him telling us to do it. It's not an emotional thing because oftentimes the emotional is connected to the soulish realm, which is connected to the world um, around you. Uh, Not to mean in the, the, the sense of the world contrary to God, but just as connected to natural things. So the emotional response isn't trustworthy, but when the Holy Spirit starts to, um, and the word compel here is also the word press, um, and prompt us saying, go, go, go. It's often because we, um, the Holy Spirit is just working to keep us in alignment with something that we don't want to miss from God, but we're not catching it with the rest of our senses, the rest of our being to go, oh, you're talking about this Lord. Okay, great. Um, it's like someone knocking at the door and the preference is a soft knock, but there are times where it's imperative that we move with the Holy Spirit And rather than the Lord go, oh, well, you didn't hear me for the soft knock, he knocks a little bit louder. So we know that it's and recognize that it's him knocking at the door and prompting us to do something. So that's what it was. So this is something key that the Holy Spirit wants him to do. And it's a part of God's divine plan, overarching plan. And because Paul has willingly submitted to the guiding and the leading of the Holy Spirit and has willingly submitted to Jesus as his Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit is going, hey, this is important. And not allowing him to miss the time, um, if I can use that wording. Like, oh man, I missed that. 
he's not allow you know he's being gracious towards him and pressing in a little bit more in his communication so that Paul understands and is able to um, be present and participate in the moment so that he remains and continues in the perfect will of God. What else? That's all I have for right now. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyone well, else? I'll go. One thing that I found interesting was inside of verse 3 where it talks about how Paul stayed um, with Aquila and Priscilla because he was of the same trade. And I found it interesting because most times when we think of it, we just think of Paul having this abundance and the Lord's just giving him all these things. And how the same is true with their own lives. It's not just about, yes, there's an aspect of trusting the Lord, but also not being afraid to work. It's not. Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you that you're going to provide for me while I sit down and eat some potato chips. It's not (laughs) trusting so you can be lazy, but it's Mm -hmm. going about doing how the Lord wants you to work. And also another thing that I want to point out was that um, Paul, he wasn't too hot. He's saying, oh, no, Lord, I'm called only to minister what you say, Lord. I'm too high for these lowly work of tent making or didn't believe because what the Lord told him that he could only, um, he was only called to the ministry as it's called and uh, Christians call it. But he was willing to go and do it what the Lord told him to do in the moment. And how we see here was that Paul was in the moment of what the Lord wanted him to do. Bless you. Excuse Bless me. You. Bless you. But how Paul was in the moment of what the Lord wanted him to do and was not out of the will of God. It wasn't Paul saying, Lord, I need some more cash and I'm going to just go make some tents real quick. But that's what the Lord had for him to do at that time. Amen. And everything that we do in life is about being in the season and in the moment with God, following what he's leading us to do. Um, There are times where he says, walk away from that job or whatever. And come and follow me in this um, this path, or um, it may be a different occupation. It may be the work of the ministry. You know, it varies based on the will of the Lord for your particular life. But it's not about working or not working, doing or not doing. It's about what is Holy Spirit saying, mm-hmm. and are you in tune with and in line with that? Because Holy Spirit, again, is going to guide us and lead us in the perfect will of God. Which means that if that's the case, then if we follow Holy Spirit, we will be pleasing to the Lord and we will never have to question, Lord, do I please you? Lord, am I pleasing you in this? Because you'll know your heart must first be willing and then you're obedient and then you'll eat the good of the land. But, you know, that's what the Holy Spirit does. So Paul's willingness to work with his hands, because if you read through the other sections of the Bible, um, um, the New Testament in particular, he'll talk about um, no other church was willing to sow or to mm-hmm. share financially with him except for, you know, one group at a time or one group in particular. And so there were times in between that he had to work in order to support his financial needs. And that's what the Holy Spirit led him to do in that season and guided him to do. And then there were seasons that other people were there to help and sow into him financially. And one of the beautiful things that we have in the Lord is that we don't have to try to make up a formula. We don't have to try to fit into what we think it's supposed to be or what someone else is doing, but we have the liberty just to walk with God. 
and let him provide for us in the way that he chooses. Sometimes it's by occupation. Sometimes it's by um, gifts from other people. Sometimes it's a combination thereof and a myriad of other things. Um, the Lord has a million ways to accomplish caring for his his children and providing for us. You know, the birds, they don't just eat in one spot every day. The Lord provides a, a variety and an abundance of things. And if he does that for the birds, he'll do that for us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. What else do you have, Le Charles? And how was it I found interesting was that with working, he didn't put aside what the Lord had called him to do or told him to do, mm-hmm. but he did both at the same time. Because if we look in verse 4, it said, he reasoned in the synagogues um, every Sabbath, which is every week. Mm-hmm. So meaning that Paul was able to balance both. He wasn't drawn away by his own worldly pursuit of gain, but he he was in step with what the Lord wanted and had for him <laughs> to do in that moment. And this as you're saying, Mommy, it's not just necessarily the Lord has to do one thing or the other. It's not, Lord, you better choose. I'm good, either going to work all the time or you're just going to provide for me and I'm not going to work at all. But there's times where the Lord has for us to do certain things that may be a combination thereof. And how we can also see here was that Paul was not begrudging in his work saying, I bet Peter ain't doing nothing like this <laughs> as he's making his tents. But he went about it with a willing heart and was able to do it gladly. Mm-hmm. Because there, I would venture to say there was some uniqueness in the way his ministry was being carried out as compared to what the the twelve looked like in Jerusalem. Lately, you had something to say. But we also see that how the Lord works things. Um, we often go, well, what if I miss this, Lord? If I do this, what what am I gonna lose? Like, if you call me in the ministry, can I still work? Can I still support myself? And we see how God just perfectly works that out like there there's not a flaw in it where he made it where paul is able to both minister to the people as they need and he can still work so when god comes to us it's not pick one or the other as in you're either going to work for the lord and well maybe you get fed today maybe you don't or you're going to go a surefire path of you know a financial job if you will to try to support yourself. Are you going to be your own God? Or are you going to let God be your God? And when you choose to let God be your God, it's just perfect there. You don't have to worry about supporting yourself or finding your own way because the way's already been paved and found for you. Amen. Amen. What amen. else? That was it for right now. Okay. Layla, I love how you brought the thing of the Lord fits everything together perfectly, right? Because it talks about how um, uh, Aquila, right, and Priscilla, they had been kicked out of Rome, right? Yes. Yes. So clearly the Lord also sent them and took care of what they needed, which was to be taught which was to be fed, to know about the Lord. And so everybody got what they needed. Everybody provided everything, right? They were tent makers by trade. That was their occupation. But they had to start over because they were kicked out of Rome. So they started a new business and they had their spiritual needs met and ministered while also helping to aid Paul with his 
well, I'll say natural financial needs to support the work of the ministry. And also you see, and you read about other places in scripture, how he worked in order to not be a burden to others. So they could just come and receive from the Lord what they needed spiritually, which is huge. And it's, it's wonderful how the Lord does these things. But if he's doing it then, he's also doing it now. So us for our part is to recognize, as you were saying, honey, to be in tune with the Lord. Let him lead you in his perfect will, in the perfect will of the Lord, that not only will we be taken care of, but everyone else gets their needs ministered to and taken care of as well. Yes. So just a, a little aside there, but a sense is important. What else? Let's go, Mr. Promise. I see you chomping at the bit over there. Okay, so the Lord reminded me of when the Jews were opposing um, Paul in the synagogues, and Paul had said that he would only go to the Gentiles from then on. The Lord, and then in a later verse, it talks about how Crispus was um, got saved in all his household and how he was the ruler of the synagogue. And the Lord reminded me of Titus. Let me get there. Titus two. Um, verses read verse six through verses eight, where it talks about that whatever you do should be reflecting the Lord, and what you preach should be reflecting the Lord. And by doing that, it would um, help other people get saved and put to shame opponents. Mm-hmm. And going back to Acts, and so the Lord remind me that not to just completely close the door to certain people, but and then just every time you see them being nasty, because often that's what happens inside of a Christian body. If there's someone who's hurt or hurt another, they often close the door. Then say, "No, you can't go with this. Pe- go with these people and hold a grudge." As a result. And Lord was showing me that it's not the right way to do that because you see, the people who do that oftentimes their ministry, the growth of their ministry gets stunted because they're not able to forgive fully. And Matthew six um, fourteen and fifteen talks about that if you forgive someone, that your trespasses will be forgiven. If you don't, they will that your trespasses won't be forgiven. Okay. And so with that, it's important for us, especially as Christians, to forgive everyone that we come across. And also not just forgiving them inside of the moment, but forgiving them before something even happens. And when we do that, we're able to bring more people in mm-hmm. and touch more crowds and audiences. Amen. So with that, it goes to walking in the perfect will of the Lord, right? In his perfect will, if we just follow it wholly, wholeheartedly, with our spirit, soul, and body, we'll not only will we be blessed, but others will be blessed. Or, said more accurately, as you pointed out, honey, honey, others will have the opportunity to be blessed. Yes, the Lord gives us an opportunity first, right? Yes. As in, will we do what he said? But in doing it, others now have the opportunity to enter into that same blessing for their own lives, right? 
Yes. You look at that whole, um, and we're coming up on time, so i am say this quickly, but had that whole period of where Paul now in, Cor- in Corinth, Corinth is being opposed. It's what he says is very similar to what's said in Ezekiel 33. It says, hey, okay, you're opposing me, and all I'm doing is giving you the Lord. I'm giving you his word. So your blood's on your own head, right? Yes. It should sound identical to what the Lord told Ezekiel. He said, hey, if I send you and you don't go, then their blood's on your head, right? But if you do go and you give the word that I told you to give, they now have the opportunity. If they reject it, that's on them. You're not at fault. You're not guilty, right? So it's for us to, to be mindful of to examine ourselves in. Are we, do we, uh, do we is better. Do we have a heart to just listen to the Lord for his perfect will in the situation and do that? And and forgive us, walk in forgiveness. So as soon as it happens in the moment, we can just forgive. And that's that is a game changer. I can't do it for you, you can't do it for me, right? I have to examine myself before the Lord and ensure that I'm walking in that manner, just like our Lord and Savior. Amen? Yes. Amen. All right. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right. I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us your word, Lord, and just giving us the ability to bless the listeners, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for just giving us the ability to talk to others, Lord, and help them grow inside of you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.